Hello, this is Father Mike Walker of Father Mike's Podcast and Father Mike's Bible Study Podcast, the pastor of St. James Catholic Church in McMinnville, Oregon. If you would like more information about the parish or the podcast, please feel free to email me at frmikewalker at gmail.com. And now, today's podcast. So there's a very important saying in English, and it's called, keep on trucking. So how many of you ever heard of that one? Keep on trucking. Quite, oh, some little kids even said so. But All right, well, I'm going to tell you the history of keep on trucking because actually it's something that I thought came from the 70s, but it was first a song in the 1930s. So in 1938, there was a song, and then there were some cartoons that came up after that. In 1968, there was this really famous cartoon of this guy kind of walking like this, and it said, keep on trucking, and it became a, a very popular thing, showed up on t-shirts and different things. So when I was a kid, and uh, between 10 and 12 years old, I just figured that meant people who are truck drivers, you know, keep on trucking. Uh, I didn't know it meant just keep doing what you're doing, you know. But then there was this movie called Smokey and the Bandit. And uh, still being a little kid and all, I watched that movie and thought, Man, that'd be awesome to be a truck driver. And uh, keep in mind, my grandfather was a truck driver as well. So I'd always think of him when, when, whenever these trucking things came up. And uh, the image I had of being a truck driver was, was kind of a great image because you're up high and you're seeing everything and there's really no other traffic anywhere. It's sunny out and you're on a straight road like somewhere in Texas or Kansas and you're just kind of driving along and you've got all the Doritos you could eat and you've got the, the barbecued sunflower seeds and the Mountain Dew, and uh, it, it's just nothing but a big joy ride. So this was my image of what it was to be a trucker. But it was only later that I uh, started to understand that being a truck driver takes a lot of sacrifice and it's hard work. So over time with my grandpa telling his stories, I realized that he had to leave really early in the morning. And actually, I remembered that when we were staying down there, about 3 in the morning, he'd be stepping over the grandkids to get out because they lived on this boat. And then he would go to work. And he'd come back oftentimes really late. And sometimes he needed to do uh, longer hauls, and he would be gone from the family. And uh, he didn't always eat the best food. Actually, it was an inside joke from the family that, that we never let Grandpa pick the restaurant because he would always pick these these truck driving diners that were kind of dives. So one of them was called Take a Chance Cafe. And it's like, Grandpa, we are not eating at Take a Chance Cafe. So my point in this is that it's easy for us to imagine only the good and ignore the sacrifice and even the suffering that happens. Uh, and this is just one example, but it, life's like that, isn't it? So when we think about what it is to be a parent, Think, oh, it's just wonderful. You've got these kids, you just play with them day and night, and you feed them, and, and they mind, and everything's so wonderful. And you know that, you know, kids are a joy. They're awesome. They're great. But there's some sacrifice that comes with that, and sometimes there's some suffering. Now, I can say that the same in being a priest. You know, it's a wonderful life. I wouldn't give it up for anything. But sometimes it's not so easy. You know, you have to kind of take the suffering and the sacrifice with the good. Uh, the same can be said for almost anything that's worthwhile. Think about athletes, you know, it's not just all about running and winning the gold, you know, it's about the, the hours and the dedication and the sacrifice and even the suffering that takes place. This is just what we call being realistic 
It's living in this world. And so often, we as Christians can take an opposite mentality. We say, oh, I love the Jesus of the gospel where he just loves everyone. The kids come to him and he's teaching them and, and everyone sees how wonderful he is and he's doing these miracles. So we can focus on that, but we can lose sight of the sacrifice. And that sacrifice is important. It really explains the reason for the joys and it helps the joys to come to life. In this particular gospel, you might be wondering, why are we in the season of Lent? when we're supposed to be focusing on prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and focusing on the cross of Christ. And here, right in the middle of it, we have Jesus radiating in his glory. Well, there are a few reasons for that. Primarily, when we do understand that there is sacrifice involved, we also understand that there is a conclusion to this. And this is the first point of the transfiguration. Before Jesus went up on the mountain, he told his disciples, the Son of Man is going to be delivered over, he's going to suffer, he's going to die, and on the third day he'll rise again. So that was before he went up the mountain. Once he came down the mountain, he told his disciples the same thing. The Son of Man is going to suffer, he's going to be delivered over, he's going to die, and on the third day be raised. So he wants us to understand his glory within the context of the cross. But that comes with a sacrifice that helps us to understand the extent that Jesus took to come to us and to deliver us from the power of evil and lead us ultimately to the resurrection. And so we keep the focus on the resurrection even as we also understand during the season of Lent this, this focus on the cross. Now the second part is this transfiguration that, that we see in Jesus is also intended for us, that we can understand that we also need to be transformed and transfigured more and more into the likeness of our God. And this is something that we do when we come to church. We're supposed to humbly offer ourselves to the Father and humbly receive his message that he gives us in the Word of God and receive his body and blood in the Eucharist and allow that to be something that makes us more and more into his image. It's kind of like that old saying, you are what you eat. You know? So if we're feeding on the things of God, then we naturally are going to reflect that. Now, I do realize in this world that there's some difficulty because uh, the Christian message is being either watered down or ignored outright, or there's this anti-Christian uh, message that oftentimes has more airplay. It's more powerful when it comes to the common culture. Uh, but we, of all people, should realize that God is love. His instruction that he gives us is a result and a consequence of his love. And so even when we see those controversial issues, uh, such as abortion and capital punishment and the LBGTQ, you know, different things, and there, there's almost this image that, you know, if you're Christian, you're mean. That, that's not the case. We, though, have to understand that Jesus' teaching and the church's teaching is a consequence of his love for us. So if we don't understand that, that should be a really good incentive for us to put the time in so that we can understand that. Now, the other side of this is that if others don't understand it, it means that we aren't telling the story correctly and we need to be better about that. Let people know who Jesus is, why he says what he says, and why he does what he does so that we can be that light not only for ourselves but for those around us, that they can see the value 
and the beauty of the gospel and that it be something that's attractive to them so that they also can know, love, and serve the God of the universe. Now there is, of course, the, the last thing. And that is just, you know, where do you find your answer? Because to be honest, there's always going to be suffering and sacrifice in the world. It's part of life. We don't want to pretend that that's not the case. But we also don't want to wallow in it and think that somehow that has ultimate power and authority over us. Because we know the end of the story. And Jesus is the answer. I was out visiting a couple, uh, there were a couple sons who called me, wanted me to come and anoint their mother. And their mother was dying. And so we came and we prayed over her and I anointed her with the oils. Uh, but as I did, it gave me a chance to talk to them a little bit. And uh, they were, of course, uh, in a difficult state. But I commended them on being there and in, in really being present in those last moments of their mom. But it also gave us a chance to talk about uh, the bigger picture here. And as I was uh, trying to relate to them, it's like, you know, without Jesus, there's no good resolution to this situation. But with Jesus, we know there's another side of the story, that the resurrection is real. It's something that can be that beacon or that light that guides us in all things, that leads us through these kinds of moments. So in the end, we know that where Jesus has gone, we hope to go as well. So this might be a good goal for us as well, this Lent, that we might be able to, first of all, focus on who Jesus truly is and to accept the fullness of what he does, uh, to be able to allow that to be something that transforms us and helps to transform others. And finally, that we put our faith, hope, and trust in the one God who is an answer to all life's problems, but also he is the blessing that comes to us here and leads us to eternal life in the world to come. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. May God bless you and be with you as you live out your faith and serve the Lord this week.